All right. Here we are, Mav Podcast, episode 19 on this momentous day. Uh, what is it, February 20, 24th? Is it the 24th? February 24th, and today is the day the trade will become finalized. But, uh, yeah, yesterday was, was a pretty significant day for the matter. I would say I was thinking about this, and I think, uh, for starters, I think surprised us all. Uh, but it was probably the biggest steal of a trade in Donnie's tenure since the uh, Josh Howard, Drew Gooden for Brendan Haywood, Caron, Caron Butler trade. What do you think? Yeah, I was trying to think of uh, like kind of lopsided deals as well, and I thought we traded pretty much nothing to get Sean Marion here. And he was a pretty big player on our championship team, and people thought at the time he was pretty washed up. So I guess maybe that wasn't as impactful. Like getting Karan Butler, like people knew Karan Butler was pretty legit when we got him. Oh, uh, oh, let me add uh, Deshaun Stevenson, too. (laughs) That's right. He was part of that deal. Yeah. Yeah. Butler, I mean, if people recall, I mean, he was injured for the championship run. Right, right. But it was – yeah, that trade, you know, the Tyson Chandler and Sean Marion trades were kind of reclamation projects, both of them, because uh, I don't even think ne- neither of those trades made any news. Like, I think the Mavs were excited, but it was sort of like, right. we just made this trade and we're going to talk it up to everybody, but nobody's really excited about it. Um, yeah, that's true. Trade, League-wide, nobody really yeah. cared. Yeah. This trade by a landslide, I haven't heard anybody say it it favors uh Philadelphia. This was a total like need move on Philadelphia's part. And uh yeah, the Mavs won it. Yeah, so just to review the particulars, uh Andrew Bogut and Justin Anderson goes to the Sixers along with a first round pick that's protected one through eighteen. And if the Sixers don't get that this year, it converts to two second-rounders, our, our second-rounder this year and next year. And uh, in exchange, the Mavericks pick up 22-year-old center Nerland's Noel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, huge deal. Just amazing and on so many levels. For starters, on the protection end, initially I was like, oh, they protected it one through three. And... um I was like, would I take Nerlens Noel over the number ten pick? And I was thinking to myself, yeah, I would, I would do that. Then uh, when the protections came out at one through eighteen, and then I thought, okay, it'll push to twenty eighteen first, right? But right. then when it dissolved to two seconds, I mean, in a roundabout way, it helps the Mavs even more than than just keeping your first because we're at the point when you've got a Yogi Ferrell, a Dorian Finney-Smith, and A.J. Hammonds where, you know, there could be too many second-round picks on this roster next year. Like, I I don't know. I I feel like giving up the second-rounder in 2017, it's just like nothing. It's I mean, we could go buy one if we really wanted one. And then the fact that we found Yogi Ferrell and Finney Smith as undrafted free agents, 
it's just like yeah. <clears throat> it just makes this trade just home run out of the park home run because well I'll just say that for now yeah I mean <laughs> just <laughs> well yeah the big the two big question marks come up on Nerland Noel and these are the only kind of cons uh, on the Maverick side and the reason his value uh, league wide wasn't higher but. One was an injury history, so he blew out his ACL uh, during his one year, at the end of his one year at Kentucky, nope, and uh, 20, sat out 2013. his, well, yeah, 2013, which would have been his rookie season, so 2013-2014, he didn't play at all, and uh, last year before the season, he had to get some stuff cleaned up in his knee, I don't think it was a re-injury of any sort, because he missed, but he did miss about 20 games at the start of this season, so little bit of some injuries there, but again, he is 22. Um, so a lot of, a lot of years ahead of him. And then the other negative was the, uh, he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of this season. Right. Well, I mean, and I see that last one as a positive because, you know, Locked On Mavericks podcast, as well as ourselves, both kind of targeted Noel as a possible free agent signee in the off season. Yeah. And uh now we have his bird rights though. So yeah. if I understand bird rights correctly, we can go over the cap to resign him, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. So what this has done, it has jump started the Mavs rebuild. Like I feel like we've gained at least a year on the rebuild because if you just pick right with your draft pick, and let's say he's not instant starter, but he's rotational player, potential potential all-star player, um, you could go out and sign a guy like uh, Caldwell Pope or somebody like that, and uh, you've already had Noel and you resign him. I mean, you could pick up two more pieces in the offseason, essentially. And uh, another point that Norm made, uh, I think it was yesterday, that was pretty good, Norm Hitzkiss, is uh, it takes more pressure off Wes Matthews. And now Wes Matthews is, you know, is he your fourth best player, your fifth best player? And that's the role he's really comfortable in. And it maximizes him as well. So, Well, yeah. I mean, anytime you have a guy behind you that can block shots and protect the rim, now, if you're on the perimeter, you can take more chances out there. So you can really turn up the pressure on the perimeter. And, you know, a guy like Yogi Ferrell, who's pretty quick, Dorian Finney-Smith, who could defend, of course, Wesley Matthews. I mean, you could really get a lineup out there that can that can potentially shut people down. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, uh, really exciting day because right now it's like now the Mavs have a thoroughly exciting team. We have three solid pieces in our starting lineup. We have uh, off the scrap heat uh, with Sidney Smith and Farrell found two solid rotational players that are young. Uh, Seth Curry, who knows how he can evolve, but another exciting player. So, I mean, you're up to about, let's see, Barnes, Noel, Sidney Smith, Farrell, uh, and Curry. That's five plus Matthews. That's six. That's six solid pieces, and we haven't even talked about 
Dirk or Berea or DJ Hammond or any of those guys, you know? So to yeah. just give, to just give up Justin Anderson, who it could be argued Finney Smith is better at this point. Um not talking potential, but just better right now. Wow. Wow, what a steal. Well, he has certainly he has certainly passed him in the rotation. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. talked about how Anderson has had, you know, his playing time was up and down this year and you know he had the big game you know, his most recent big contribution was really two points and a lot of energy against Utah and that come back a couple weeks ago. And right. otherwise it was just kind of a oh man, here comes in you know, and just you're or kinda of, everybody's rooting for him. I think the fans love him. I mean I was a big fan of him but you know, you just didn't see the his game sort of moving along like like maybe people thought it would after last season. So um, I think he'll still be in the league for a long time, and, and he may end up being a, a really good player for Philadelphia. I hope he is. But I think this is a deal that had to be done. Yeah, that is out. I mean, what a, like I said, what a jump-starting deal. I mean, we now have the sixth pick of the 2013 draft. Um what was Barnes? Was he the ninth pick of the 2011 draft, 2012? What year was A little higher. Than, he might have been like the fifth or sixth pick of yeah. his draft. But, and so for um, a team without draft. He would have been past his rookie contract. So, yeah, I mean, it's been four years, I guess, at least, to 2012. Yeah. And so... For a team without lottery picks, we have a couple lottery picks now in our starting lineup from just smart personnel moves. And uh, I don't know, the, the best part, there's several best parts, actually. This may not be the best part, but another pro is that when a free agent is sizing up the Mavericks, they cannot feel like they're the only piece anymore, which is so significant, which is a lot of the turn. It was the turnoff for D-Will several years ago. Um, I think it played a factor in the uh, DeAndre Jordan turnaround. Um, now a young player coming here is like, oh, wait a second. They've got young, they've got old, they've got a coach, they've got a culture. I think it really steps up the attractiveness as an organization, you know? Yeah, last season, you know, you think about in July, we were talking after the first, you know, several days of free agency, it looked like the Mavericks were barely going to field a team. And we're really, I mean, all we had in the draft last year was the second round pick, and that's where we got Hammond. And so, and nobody was signed going into this year. It was really, the talk around town was maybe it's time to trade Derek, let him go, chase another title and be on a contender and just sink to the bottom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Kevin Durant signing for the Warriors really has jump-started this Mavericks turnaround because we were immediately able to pick up Bond, and then now we've taken Bogut and flipped him as part of a package to get Nerland's Noel. Yeah. And all the while, we've kept our draft picks, and, we're, you know, in all likelihood, we'll end up in the lottery because between Denver playing better and New Orleans is acquisition of DeMarcus Cousins, it's going to be really hard for the Mavericks to make the eighth spot. I agree. Yeah, but it's so really a miracle. I mean, we're going to end up on a, with a team with, with three guys, I mean, after this draft, three three guys who were lottery picks in the last 
five years. Yeah. And the great part is to uh, really, I can't say enough good things how this works out for Dirk because I think he's got two years left after this one. And you, I think it's, it's very, I think it's very realistic to think we are a playoff team next year moving forward if we just draft right, you know, keep doing smart personnel moves. And that, that's awesome. You know, the fact that he could have been a part of that mini rebuild and we could be back in contention. You know, I'm not saying we're going to be up there with Cleveland and Golden State, but you're going to have a more complete team that, that Carlisle is going to have ready, you know? Yeah, no doubt. And I think, uh, you know, the other big thing the Mavericks did yesterday was wave Darren Williams. And we yeah. talked last week about things the Mavericks have done right and wrong in the first part of this season. And we made the point that going forward, one of the things the Mavericks could do wrong was as the veterans got healthy, plug them back in there. Yeah, which they did briefly. Yeah, which they did, exactly, for a couple games. But, you know, I think this is great that, yeah, okay, this Mavericks team probably won't make the playoffs, but you're going to give Yogi Ferrell 20-plus games as your starting point guard. And let's let's yeah. see what he can do, and and you know maybe develop, and who knows? But that's going to be a great uh, great foundation to build on for next season. I agree, and it kind of goes back to my uh, Dak Prescott Tony Romo analogy, and um, I guess we were right. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they they were really just you know showcasing Darren Williams. They weren't really. Uh, giving it back to Darren Williams. So, <laughs> so, so Jason Garrett should have started Romo again, let him win a couple games, then traded him this past season. Well, no, no. I'm just – Go back I to Prescott. <laughs> I still think Romo should have started, period. But I'm just talking about the Mavs and the analogy that, yeah. you know, Yogi came out of nowhere like Dak. And, uh, yeah, they're giving it to Yogi because they're truly a rebuilding team and it's just the right thing to do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's an exciting lineup right there. I, I, I think this is really going to energize Dirk because when he, like, the fact is, Nerland's Noel might be the closest thing to Tyson Chandler that, uh, this league has even seen. Is that fair to say? Uh, I think it's fair to say, yeah, just as far as, I mean, Anthony Davis is outstanding defensively, but he's also outstanding offensively, which yeah, is not yeah, the type no, of Chandler I'm, is. So I'm, I'm we're kind of just saying one skill for, for one. skill. Yeah. Yeah, one for one. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty close. I think Chandler was uh, a, a little bigger, you know, and, and granted uh, he wasn't that way coming out of high school. Chandler was another guy that came straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. So he definitely, you know, developed over time physically. And that's the other exciting part about Noel is, I heard some people say yesterday he's a little polite and maybe doesn't rebound as well as he should, but it's also like he's 22 years old. <laughs> you know, oh he could definitely put on some muscle and well, in a year or two be, be a much more dominant force inside. I, I agree. Like Carlisle, Carlisle must be just salivating. Like he finally, this is like the perfect center for Carlisle's offense, you know? Yeah. Uh, the pick and rolls to the basket, uh, defensive minded shot blocking. Uh, it's, and he is the perfect center to pair with Harrison Barnes. 
you know? Yeah. And so, you know, bigger picture-wise, the, the great irony of all this is would you rather have Chandler Parsons and DeAndre Jordan or Nerlens Noel or Harrison Bond and Harrison Barnes? Yeah. I think I'd take the line. Right now, I'd, I think so. And yeah. it's mainly, you know, Jordan has been awesome this season. He's really, yeah. say what you want about the guy. He's been amazing this year. Uh, but Parsons just has done nothing, and he's coming off injury. But that's, I feel like that's going to be a constant refrain over the next few years for the Grizzlies. It's Parsons is going to be coming off some injury, and that's what scared the Mavericks away. And, uh, yeah, I would say right now you've got to, you got to say the Mavericks ended up in a much better spot when all said and done. No, I totally agree. I think um, the other thing to factor, and sorry about the dog barking in the background there, uh, <laughs> the other thing to factor is, um, you know, personality-wise, I don't think either of those guys are very likable. You know, like, that, I think Chandler Parsons is more likable, but he rubbed people the wrong way within the organization. We've talked about this. And then DeAndre Jordan... Um, you know, he, he had issues just being the lead guy. Um, he doesn't yeah. steam. He has those odd cross-dressing commercials. I mean, I think he's just, I think he's a weird guy. Like, I don't, I don't know personality-wise if he would really work on any team. And like his own teammates didn't even know, really like him that much. And so, I, I think yeah, until they realized they were going to be horrible without him in the middle, like that's when they started to care and kind of bring him back to the fold. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of like it's kind of like the guy that that breaks up with his girlfriend for like a day and realizes he hates being by himself and just goes back with her. You know, it's not you don't really feel that I'm in love, you're the one kind of feeling from them. You're just like, right, oh, yeah, right. you hate being alone. I remember you. And so I think that uh, I really, I like the likability of our two players, and I like the fact yeah. that, um, you know, we spoke earlier in the year of how Carlisle just gushes about Harrison Barnes, like he like he never did about Chandler Parsons. And, yeah. Um, you know, I feel like he's going to be similar about Nerland's Noel. And we're really building something here, probably for the first time, where we could keep some pieces long-term, um, you know, outside of Dirk, which is just a one-piece for 15 years. And so uh, just such an exciting time to be a Mavs fan, I feel. Yeah, it really is. And, again, with that pick more likely than not coming our way, because even if the Mavericks climbed into the eighth spot, they still wouldn't have, that's right. Uh, a top 12 record, which would knock them out of uh, that first-round pick. So, yeah. um, you know, you're, you're going to have a first-rounder, even if it's in that 10 to 18 range. You know, that's where guys like Giannis and Kawhi Leonard have been found in recent drafts. So yeah. there's definitely some possibility there to get a big-time player in here. And I think it's uh, – I mean, I don't know. For It's really the best of both worlds to, to upgrade your team now without necessarily gutting it. And in recent years, all the Mavericks trades have involved a future draft pick that it's like, all right, that's one more draft we're not going to be a part of. That's one more yeah. draft we're not going to be a part of. Yeah. And uh, now we're going to be fully participating in a draft that has got a ton of talent in it. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the crazy part is what if we do 
get a top three pick. It's like, whoa, you know, and I, I, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a big X factor is what if those ping pong balls go our way and, and now we're picking up there. That would, that would be amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and I have to think Dirk's probably at the end of this year, Dirk's really going to be looking at things. And I wonder if, I wonder if he can play more than a couple more years. I mean, as a bench player, 15 to 20 minutes a game, 10 to 12 points. I mean, this, this, if, if he had any interest in prolonging his career, um, you would point to this trade as being uh, a catalyst to that. Yeah, he would no longer have to play center and, and play heavy minutes. Yep. He would really just be called upon to come in and uh, just kind of stand and shoot. Yeah. And if you have the right point guard, I mean, if you think about a, a Fultz or a Ball coming in here, and uh, or even if he's coming off the bench and Yogi Ferrell's the point guard with him, yep. and he's I love just that. a guy out there spotting up and shooting, I mean – you're talking about one of the best shooters in NBA history, just yeah. kind of hanging out at, at shooting, you know, seven, eight times a game. Uh, yeah, he's still going to score probably 10 a game doing that. Nah, it's just amazing. It, it, it's really true. And that's how it should be, kind of like we've got a team here if you want to play or not. It, it just comes down to you wanting to play or not, not like you're taking a right. center every night because we have no other options. Yeah. And so um, – sort of leads me to my last point with which is uh i i don't know if it's going to happen but what is the argument against donnie nelson being executive of the year from what he's done here (laughs) you know it 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 like leads to that initial chuckle but then who else has done anything close to this you can't call the kevin france signing uh, I think you can. That's where I was going to go. I, I, I don't think so. Durant. I don't think they so. were it's a minute away from back-to-back titles, and then they go get Kevin Durant. Okay, come on. I I get that conceptually. Okay, but we know um, what's his name. Bob Myers did very little to, you know, that that deal was done mid-season because Draymond Green was recruiting him. You know what I mean? Um, well, then, I, then he gets credit for having Draymond Green in the fold and maxing out Draymond Green to make sure he stays there. Yeah, I, I disagree. I just think that, like, to really take nothing. I mean, essentially, Donnie had a second rounder and some cap space, <laughs> and he's turned it into um, probably, my guess is we're back in the playoffs in 2018. You know. Well, and I think that's when that's when Donnie Nelson gets credit for being executive of the year. Is when the Mavericks actually perform. Because right now, I think you're going to see it go to either Bob Myers or you know Daryl Morey with the Rockets. I mean, that was a team that you know they they waved goodbye to Dwight Howard, and then they go out and uh, they pick up you know. They get a new coach, right? The Antonius is his first year, second year yeah. with the team, and then you get yeah. Yeah, you get here. Eric Gordon and uh, what's his name from uh, Ryan Anderson. Yeah, and now you're scoring 150 points a night. <laughs> yeah. and you're the three seed in the West, kind of out of nowhere. I I certainly didn't expect this out of the Rockets. I thought they'd be well, and a I playoff think, team, but I, I think your argument it. is much better for Daryl Morey because. 
what I what I appreciated every one of his moves was sort of uh, what do you call it questioned you know from the Dan Tony signing to Eric Gordon to Ryan Anderson whereas like when you look at um, Bob Myers like me and you could have executed that deal you know what I mean <laughs> so <laughs> I see your point Fair I see your point Fair enough. Fair yeah, I guess I guess in the end you're right. It's not going to be recognized as a great move until the Mavericks win. But um, I do believe they will win, and I do believe uh, they are now looking at a rebuild that just took a very accelerated jump because of this move. So very yeah, exciting. no, definitely, definitely. So. Uh, tonight, the Mavericks are in Minnesota, but I don't think Noel's available because I don't think physicals have happened and the trade hasn't been I finalized. I think they're trying and, uh, to get him, they're trying to get him there, um, for okay. tonight. So they're, they're, okay. they're rushing to get things done, but you're right. It's, it's not, we'll probably get an update, you know, a couple hours before game time on that. And then tomorrow night, they're at home against the new look New Orleans Pelicans. That's right, which we didn't talk about at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're going to spend more time on that if uh, if this ha- trade hadn't happened for the Mavericks. But welcome to Dallas, Nerlens Noel. Go ahead and defend. Uh, go ahead and pick one, Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins, and uh, yeah. we'll see you in a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and it's it's just going to be a gathering of Kentucky Kentucky wonders, right? <laughs> Kentucky at, big men. Yeah. yeah going to be pretty amazing but uh that'll be an interesting game and is that in new orleans no that's in dallas that's in oh, dallas okay yeah. okay yeah, so they go their home they're on the road against minnesota then they'll fly home tonight play the pelicans tomorrow night and then i think monday or tuesday night they play the heat at home and then it is at atlanta Wow. So we might have a I'm I'm going to predict at least a 2 and 2 week. I like uh Ooh, week. okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh all in all, very positive. Very positive week for the math. Uh, I think we got 25 games left. Is that right? Uh yeah. I think so. 25 games and you know, since that horrible start, they've been playing great, and that's without Bogut and Williams, and by and large without Justin Anderson. So, yeah, you're talking about the team that's been playing well lately, plus Nerlens Noel going forward. So it should yeah. be a really interesting last couple of months. Well, and what I really love about the deal again, not to not to keep bringing up points, is we get this guy in our system now. You know what I mean? Where uh, he learns the, you know, the, all the defensive uh, signs and what they do, and all the offensive system. And you know, he's training with the trainers. It's just invaluable. You know what I mean for a guy who's played so yeah. much. It, it well, that all culminates in a jump start. You know. Well, it's like the uh, the trend now in in uh, college football to have the high school kids graduate in December after their season ends and enroll in the college in the spring and go through yeah. spring football and and practice and everything so that when training camp comes around to, to your you know exactly what you just said they're they're sort of fully engaged in the culture and and the training methods and and everything else they want to do there. 
Yeah, that's so. a great analogy because uh, just the extra time with the players. Um, yeah. You know, maybe him and Barnes start training together. I mean, that's amazing. That's so significant. So really exciting. Good job, Mav. <laughs> Good job, Mav. Indeed. Good Indeed. job, Mav. And uh, I guess that'll be it until next week, huh? Yeah, until next week. So uh, get to us on Twitter at the Mavs Podcast. Email us at mavspodcast at gmail dot com. And um, yeah, we will, we'll read your questions on air, live on air. Tweet Tape. us. <laughs> Tweet, us. Um, Tweet us. All right. So I'm Alpha at home. You're Mavs at home, and this is the Mavs Podcast. And uh, until next week, go Mavs. Go Mavs. All right. Take care, man. See ya.